Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, especially my wife. Happy birthday. It was a birthday the other day. My name is Luke. I'm your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is Mr. Andy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Luke, and happy birthday charity who is a tremendous individual and uh i'm excited today we're going to talk about battle in valleys we're going to battle valleys and we're also going to preview a little bit of the upcoming new beginning tour in new japan pro wrestling that's right that is true but before we do that i have some professionalism to take care of because there's ways that people can contact and interact with us if they wish to we're on the tweety uh i am at Grumpy2EB, yep, that's it. Mr. Guy is <laughs> at Christopher Tweets. Collectively, we are at NeverOpenPod. And if you want to send us a written or voicemail, you can do that too. NeverOpenPod at gmail.com. If you want to see us rather than listen to us. Well, actually, you'd have to see us and listen to it. There we go. You I can do, do that. We're on the YouTube. You can put it on some mute, I guess, and just look at us. I don't know. That would be weird. Ugh. But, yeah, you could. Very weird. <laughs> yes uh we're on the youtubes just uh do a search for never open podcast nice and simple you should be able to see us quite easily and we have a teespring store so if you got any of that sasha banks morning uh kick it away we have a teespring store where you can get merch that'll make you look never as <gasps> These are all true things that Luke said. Now, Luke, this uh, Battle Valley show, which uh, usually people like to listen to this episode. So if you're a new uh, listener to us, welcome. Um, You know, this might be the last episode you ever listened to. And I I get it. It's okay. You know, but uh, this show that we're going to talk about was at the San Jose Civic Center. But before we talk about the building. Let's talk a little bit about the you know issue that we always have. There's always a huge matchup before the show even starts. Um, you know, at all of these America strong New Japan shows, and that is the equipment versus the workers. How did it pan out this time, Luke? All right, so I'm feeling pretty worried, but the show starts up. Oh my God, I can see we're not in Dark City at this venue. That's right. Probably because there's a crowd here and they want to light it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big card too, so I understand. So yes, I can see. Oh my god, it's amazing. I can hear the commentary. Cool. It's just in the Japanese because I'm not paying twenty American dollar dues for English commentary when I could just watch Japanese. Like I'm I'm used to that now. So what? Fuck that shit. <laughs> However, I wouldn't say it was a clean win because there's still some sound issues. Now, can I hear some stuff in the ring? Sure. But it's still a bit muted. Uh, and same same some of the crowd stuff. Not all of it because they get really rowdy and loud in uh, certain portions of the show. But the sound isn't quite there. But uh, I, I swear, like... I still think the equipment won, but maybe it was like a time limit draw or just a quick low blow and a roll up or, you know, DQ. 
in, outside in interference, up. you know, maybe outside That's interference right. or a count out victory could be the same way. You know, I don't know. I think it was, you know, in my opinion, it was uh, the best sounding American show that we've ever had uh, as far as, uh, you know, in the strong era of New Japan, you know, you could hear the ring, you could hear the crowd and the crowd got psycho, you know, at certain times, which was awesome, but it's just, you know, the only thing they need to do is just turn commentary down just a little bit. You know, it wasn't as bad as the last one where commentary to get it at a reasonable volume, meaning the ring and everything you have to turn up. So commentary is sounds like they're screaming at your face, you know, um, but with this one, they 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 did a really good job of, you know, getting as close as possible. And as you said, this show, it was on Trilla on fight what the fuck is this and that was if you want to pay 20 bucks you could watch it live if you're in the if you're outside japan and you would get english commentary walker texas stewart and i believe veda scott did it i'm sure they did a great job but we watched it with japanese commentary because we didn't really care about this show that much watching it live and we're covering it we're going to talk about it and everything but at the same time I, if I didn't see this show, I don't think I would have been that mad about it, honestly. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like part of me watched it because, all right, yeah, we got to talk about, it, I guess, but it was Japanese wrestling on the during the week, and there hadn't been much on that week for New Japan. So I was like, yeah, hey, it's something New Japan. I'm I'm ready for it. But uh, yeah, I think my excitement level. Uh, it's about the same as yours, Mr. Andy. You know, but, we'll talk about the stuff that we liked, I'm sure. And maybe, as usual, we go into sometimes talking about a show and we're like, eh. and then by the end of it, we're like, yeah, you know, so it just depends. We we go in as Yoshihashi. We come out as Doki. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's, that's right. <laughs> so there was a little bit of news. It does tie into New Beginning, but it made me laugh. So uh, I want to bring it up now. Please. So, uh, hey, uh, people on the Tweety were all a flutter, and even the Never Open champ was because, uh, according to the NewJapan.com website, Evil is the Never Open champion. What? Yeah. And then uh, not long after that, they uh, <laughs> released a video of Evil walking into this high-tech no, it's just a little office with two little <laughs> tiny laptops and tiny people on it. you got one tiny person over here, and here's how tiny they are. Well, Chris Charlton's there, and they look about the same height. So there's two yeah. tiny people in there. Evil walks in, and he's like, fucking change that shit. I'm the never champion and all that kind of stuff. So that was that was nice. That was I he he uh, lied to everyone and said that you know New Japan had fired Tomatonga already and they awarded <laughs> him the championship you know because of of Tama's insolence you know <laughs> it's so amazing. great you know this kind of stuff the fact that they're doing this kind of stuff with him kind of makes me feel that like a year ago it seemed like the House of Torture shit was not over and now it is just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm biased. It's always been over with me, but I agree. Uh, I, yeah, especially in Japan. I mean, you know, I think that uh, the Japanese yeah. fans at, at first hated it, and now they hate it, but, you know, for the right reason, if that makes any sense. So I feel like New Japan's done the, the whole thing that makes House of Torture work. 
now, yes, they did job them out as cartoons for quite a while, but I think over the last year they did a really good job of making them a threat and then they get their comeuppance and they lose and then the crowd's like, yay, and things like that. They've done a really good job of that. And I don't know, it, it's, maybe it's a careful balance or something, but it works. I think the elaborate Kanemaru Gambit as well really put them over. The feud with just five guys, yeah. that's that's what got them over. By the way, if you want to get over in New Japan, get get with Tai Chi. You know, just just put them with Tai Chi, and he, and you'll get over at some point in in an organic way. I mean, you could also become Naito's friend, but that ain't easy. So, uh, no, no, it isn't. You, <laughs> that's that's never gonna happen. <laughs> I'm not even sure Yoda Suji is uh, his friend at the moment. So I, I keep expecting him to dump him over the top like he's a young lion. So. <laughs> well, this venue, like you said, it was well lit. It was packed. There was all kinds of people. The crowd was insane. And I really enjoyed the crowd. They were, they were a good time. We could actually hear them. So their effort mattered. But it turns out some other people went to this place. And I don't know if they liked it as much. Now, Luke... <laughs> I looked up Google reviews of the San Jose Civic Center and they were like, you know, they were so normal that I was like, we got to do something to jazz these up a little bit. And so what I did is I took the English um, Google uh, uh, reviews and I put them into Google Translate and translated them to Japanese. And then I translated them back into English. So, you know, hopefully that will allow us to get a little more fun in this. But uh, Luke, do you have a Google review of the San Jose Civic Center? Oh, yes, I do, uh, Mr. Yeah, I'm not going to do the Walker voice. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it is the San Jose Civic Center. Here's the review, everyone. The venue is amazing. Security will do all they can to prevent you from entering, regardless of whether you have a ticket or not. <laughs> the gloomy, middle-aged people working at the door all look very miserable. <laughs> It sounds like a Japanese venue. I feel like they're taking out our, our anger on our visitors. One star. <laughs> yeah, the original one wasn't as funny. You know, translated a couple times, it's a little funnier. So uh, I also have a Google review oh, yeah. of the San Jose Civic Center, and uh, I wrote a song about it. Like, to hear it, here it goes. There was no information after purchasing the ticket. And I didn't know the entrance, garage, or floor plan. I don't know what I'm allowed to bring in and what I'm not allowed to bring in. No food, drinks, cameras, or laptops are allowed, but phones are allowed. And they have nowhere to store anything unless they find a manager. It's 2023, not 1998. Be a little more modern. Thank you! One star. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. How much shit does this guy want to bring? Did he bring a fucking trailer with him? Does he, is he unpacking the trailer? Does he need fucking like a bed space or something? Like, I mean, Does he want them to have lockers so that when you go into the venue, you could be like, oh, let me put these things that aren't allowed in there in a locker. No, go put them in your fucking car, douchebag. Leave them at home. Yeah. What do you need them for? You don't watch a wrestling show. Shows up with like a suitcase, like you said. <laughs> and then you have to go get a manager, you know? Gosh, just get with the program. It's oh not God. Here's another guy with his fucking luggage. <laughs> Do we? All right. 
the lockers are all full. Let me go get the manager. So, anyway, oh my God. those are pretty good. Well, Luke, the uh, pre-show, we had a pre-show uh, for this, and I believe it had two matches, and I want to talk about this first one. The first one yep. was the pre-show stopper himself, Matt Vandegrift, who we've seen kind of like have his own little storyline along all these pre-shows of this past year. So he's been on like all the pre-shows. So he is now the pre-show stopper versus Goldie. So um, Goldie I'm familiar with. There is a, a really cool television show that was on Apple Plus and it was called The Monster Factory. And it's about the Monster Factory training facility in I think Philadelphia or somewhere up there. And, um, you know, it's run by uh, some great people that seem to really love wrestling and everything. And so I watched that and in it, um, Kevin Kelly is in it. And he like basically there's like kind of the storyline in it. And I'm sure this is real, but they're like, well, Kevin Kelly's in New Japan. Is there any way we can get one of our students to get a tryout for the New Japan Dojo in L.A.? And the guy that they get to get the tryout is Goldie. And so that's kind of how he ended up where he is, uh, you know, on this pre-show. So I thought that was kind of cool. That's fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Kevin Kelly. He's got uh, got sway, you know. But uh, so anyway, uh, these guys do some fancy arm drags to start off, and it's kind of fun. Goldie gets uh, some booze for stepping Matt's stepping on Matt's face after a really great corner bump from Matt. Uh, Matt has some moves, pretty good moves, uh, and he fires up after some slaps from Goldie. Really cool spinning like dump slam. You know how like normally somebody does like a, a scoop slam and they just dump the guy, and especially in Japan, they just want to do the. You know, this is like he like rolled him up and spun him down. And I was like, ah, cool, cool little spin on that. Yeah, he's own little bit of stank on it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 450 for the win. Matt, the pre-show stopper, gets another pre-show victory. He might be able to get himself promoted to Jobber on Fred Ross's team or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, well, you put me in a spot here. Next, we had Viva Van versus Stephanie Fakir, uh, which uh, Stephanie Fakir won because yeah. she's the one we know because she had the title match at the last one or something like that. So here she is uh, jerking before the curtain because of Shine Fan. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-jerking. I got to remember that one. That one's good. <laughs> yeah, Luke, this match is really good, by the way. I mean, it's not it's not great, but it's not bad. There's, like, we've seen that um, Stephanie Vakur is very good, you know, and she, she seems to be being set up to get a title shot at some point. So this match was just another part of that. Um, Viva Van, um, not bad, but she was very slow. Like her, like very slow whenever she did running, and like all of her spots involve running, and she looks like she, she's in slow motion, and it was like oh, but uh, another good outing from Stephanie Vakur, and maybe we'll get to see her uh, with a title shot at some point. Absolutely, all right. So here it is. It is the main show. It is Battle Valleys. It is uh, the the filthy trio of. Filthy Tom Lawler, and you know what? I kind of it was good to see him, especially Royce Isaacs and uh, Jarrell Nelson. Uh, man, those two, yeah, we know they should have been uh, at World Tag League. They're like baby faces now. 
because oh for us big yeah. time. <laughs> oh i see them and i'm just like you could you could punch a fucking child fan in the nuts and just go face <laughs> to me <laughs> yeah new japan didn't book them for world tag league and that turned them face <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's the intricate storytelling that we love here at the Never <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> so yes, it is uh, Filthy Tom Lola, Royce Isaacs, and uh, Jorel Nelson versus Shooter Umino, Fred Rosser, and Jacob Fatu. Uh, does Jacob Fatu have any ties or relations to other wrestlers? Yes. I don't I know what they he... are, but yes, he does. I, I figured. And... Uh, I guess the American com- uh, English commentary would have uh, informed me on in all of that stuff. <laughs> uh, but uh, alas, I listened to the Japanese. So uh, they did inform me of that stuff, but I couldn't understand it. There we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Royce does like this cool deadlift German on Fred Rosser at some point in this match. It was like, nice. And uh, oh, we hit, get some early, early miscommunication here. The West Coast Wrecking Crew. Can't seem to get along with the filthy one. Mm. Maybe they had a shower or something and they're a bit cleaner. Uh, you never know. Far too does like this gnarly looking Samoa drop on uh, Tom Lawler as well, which looked fucking amazing. Then I just see him going, diving over this way and then diving over this way. And uh, Jacob Fatu is not a small man. But man, he can move. Fucking awesome. Commentary is laughing, by the way. So you know they think it's awesome too. <laughs> And that's not that's and Andy's having no, a laugh true. there, but we both agree. Like, yeah. if, if if Milano and the others are all having uh, shits and gigs, they were just like, "Holy fuck! What did we, what did we just watch? That was amazing." So, uh, and then he does, then then he does like a springboard moonsault and kind of whacks Tom right in the face a little bit. At least it looked like it. It might have, but uh, <laughs> he was all right. So it's like it's cool. Jarrell does a uh, cool-looking pounce on Shooter, and I just love the pounce. I've said this many times, but I love it. The pounce, period. <laughs> and then I always forget the wrestler who did the pounce, period. He used to play football in America. but It was that guy from TNA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back when TNA was kind of watchable, and Joe and Angle and Daniels, and yeah, it was good. Anyway, Royce and Shooter, though, they, they, they finish off the match here, and... Uh, I really like their exchange. It's really cool stuff. There's some great reversals and stuff. Uh, Shooter makes Royce look dang good. But uh, Beyblade and a Death Rider and uh, Shooter's team, of course, wins. At the end of the match, Fred wants his hand shaken. And I'm like, from Tom. And I'm like, you barely touched each other in the match. Uh, That's one thing I just want to point out there. They barely touched each other in the fucking match. And neither were involved in the fucking finish. So I'm like, saying, all right. Anyway, the West Coast Wrecking Crew are just like, you fucking shake his hand. Fuck that bullshit. We're out of here. But they shake hands. And I'm just like, I don't care. What they're heels. But they're like, hey, we're heels. And, uh, you know, that's really important to them to be heels. So if you act like a face, uh-uh. Now, before we move on to the, the next kind of interesting thing that happens here, I do want to mention something that happened in the match. First of all, Jacob Fatu's 
react crowd reaction was massive. The flying Samoan moves that he was doing had the crowd standing on their feet. And so yeah. I got like at that moment, I was like, okay, this crowd's fucking here to play. They were, they were on fire, but something happened in the match. that was wild. We had chumpy jr there and he was on the case of this immediately. So, there was some kind of crossbody, and that made it was a Jorel Nelson crossbody that made Fred Rosser. He was too close to the rope, so he bumped like head back into the bottom rope, and it looked gnarly in a bad way. And Ref Chumpy Jr. was on the case, and they had to kind of chill for a second to give him a little time because that looked really rough. So I'm glad he's okay. But uh, Luke, what else happened in this little thing here? Oh, that's that's not it. Post match, shooter, he's doing uh, shooter fan things like, uh, and you little kid get a wristband. No, you, you look about fifteen, so you don't get one. All right, you're <laughs> a kid too. You get a wristband, and then the uh, good old trope of dude in mask isn't a fan. <gasps> it's a wrestler, and this this wrestler starts beating the shit out of shooter, throwing him around and stuff like that. He takes the mask off. All right. I don't know. Like I can imagine like the reveal happening and you you just being like you know, just stone straight faced silence. Mm -hmm. No reaction, you know. Whereas I was like, Oh, okay. Because uh he hasn't been seen since his uh suspension after uh he was just like I use real glass. Yay. Fuck you, punk. Or whatever the bullshit was about. Who gives a fuck, really? Accurate. Guys do fake sports. Just shut the fuck up and get out there and entertain. I don't fucking care. Backstage fucking wank. Anyway, it is Jack Perry with beard. He has an AEW contract and he tears it up. <gasps> but, but, you know, yeah, that, that's fine. He's. Oh, I, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing Shooter versus Jack Perry. I like Jack Perry in the ring. So this could be cool. Uh, I know he puts on an armband, by the way, and it says scapegoat. And as soon as he put that armband on, because I was just thinking like, oh, yeah, he's going to have a program with Shooter and maybe do wrestle a couple other Japanese guys. I'm like, cool, I'm, I'm in. You know, something different, something fresh, let's go. And he puts a scapegoat thing on, I'm like, oh, yeah, Bullet Club. That's Bullet Club's kind of shit, right? Yeah. It is like like Finley would see that and be like, "Hey, you're the scapegoat." Well, here's how they thought they think of me. Mm -hmm. But how are you going to debut a new gimmick in a program? You're probably going to lose. You know what I mean? I I can't imagine him beating Shooter Umino. I mean, why would they do that? I don't understand why they would do that. But yeah. you know, I, I'm not mad. I just you know, I think that Jack Perry, from what I've seen of him. His match versus Sonata was just okay. It wasn't that yeah, great. That's true. And that, that was immediately what I thought of. But at the same time, I'm not mad about it. They got to set up Windy City Riot, Luke. We got to promote the next show that's three months away. And so we better start fucking doing it. And I guess that's what we're doing here. So I'm assuming that match will be on Windy City Riot. If it has not already been announced, I'm sure it has. But uh well, we, we go from that, which that match was not bad, but it kind of had some weirdness. We're going to put 50 story things in between this and the next match. Our next match has a story thing that I just think is just so fresh. 
I mean, you know, it's so nice to see guys, oh you know, wrestle each other that have never touched before. So those two guys, we have <laughs> Rocky Romero and Soberano Jr. versus Volador. Wait a second. And Mascara Dorada. So uh, <laughs> we've been feuding for fucking years. And I don't mean over the years they'll resume feuding. No. I mean years of non-stop feuding. It's like yeah. show and yo times ten. Yeah, well, luckily we don't have to watch it all though. So you know, yeah, it's like, true. but that it's just true. funny how it's like they they aren't even in a feud in New Japan. They're in a feud in a different company, but that feud is coming to it's coming to the valley in the battle, you know. But here we are. Some of the uh, Luchador fans <laughs> over to uh, San Jose to watch the thing. There's a bit of continuity. Oh look, oh yeah, I got the extra bit of that feud. Mm -hmm. that yeah. Well, this sure was a match, Luke. And, um, you know, Rocky is still feuding with Valdor after all this time. And he, this, this match, there's a big problem right at the beginning where, like, Rocky goes to tag in Soberano Jr. Like, the whole thing, like, well, I sure am going to wrestle you, Valdor. Nope. And he falls down almost. And that is, like, that's the first, like, kind of botchy type thing that happens in the, in the match. And it isn't the last. And uh, no. the match is, is very, very sloppy. It's fine. They do the flippy flops. And then Volador pins Rocky after a destroyer. So finally that feud's over. Thank goodness. Hasn't he pinned him before? Oh, yeah. They've probably pinned each other a trillion times by now. Yeah, and in, in uh, CMLL, you have to pin people for like an eight count because that really old ref has to get down on his knees. He has to see your pinning. Get down on his knees, look at you, look at the crowd, then he's count do that one, thing, two, three. Do that thing where he's like jamming his mm, you know, yes. hand between the shoulder and the mat just to make sure it's <laughs> touching. Like, mm, mm, mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that was a match. Oh, that was definitely a match. And you gave it about uh, as much uh, time as I, I thought it should have. up <laughs> <laughs> over it. Next, we have a weird match that makes me feel like Okay, so I know who's winning this, but it's going to be good. It is TJP versus David Finley. Uh, Gato's busy, so, uh, you know, he's not there. <laughs> Luke, I have a question for you about this match. Yeah. Is, is it non-title? Like, because, you know, this is Finley's first singles match since winning, you know, the new title. I know that TJP has a title of his own, but I don't, you know, because this the... The commentary was in Japanese. I didn't know if this is a non-title match. Or well, so. I'm looking at uh, the website, right? And I'm looking at results. Third match, 20-minute limit, TJP Finley. Now, if I scroll down one match, it's fourth match, 30-minute limit, NJPW NJ, Strong Openweight Tag Team. So, so they'll say. Non-title, got it. So non-title, non so, you know. Well, people come to us for accuracy first and foremost, so I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Accuracy. All right. <laughs> so is Finley in newish gear? Like I, I I I don't think I've ever thought of Finley as being switchbladey since he took over Bullet Club. He's had a pretty clear different direction. But his gear looks a little switchbladey. Uh so I'll just okay. point that out. There is a TJP Katamara Gambit for this match, because uh He's smart, and uh, he knows Finley's going to beat the shit out of him if he gives him a chance. So 
you know, TJP does the Katamari Gambit, which means both men haven't been in the ring, which means the match hasn't started. One. This guy. Two. Three. What, what the fuck are you doing, ref? The match hasn't started yet. What are you, stupid? <laughs> is this Elvis ref? It is. It's Elvis ref. Um, he also makes the mistake of, like, if you know your count out isn't going to work, just go out to the floor. But he has to stop that count out that's not even, like, legal and go out to the floor. So he buries himself. And it's like, don't you don't need help getting buried in New Japan if you're a ref. Come on, man. You know? Fucking hell, Elvis. <laughs> this isn't Vegas rules, man. Man, you see that ring over there? Man, that thing is huge. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, Finley does one of the biggest Irish rips I've seen lately. So thanks to the mega selling of TJP. Just, <laughs> he does the flare flip over and then just kind of lands out to the floor. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. Now, TJP goes after the shoulder, which will kind of uh, come back later on in the match. So a couple of times this happens uh, this night where they're like, hmm, I'm going to do the spot where I've got his arms through the thing and, you know, pull his, pull his face into the corner post and his shoulder and stuff. I'm like, okay. So that's setting up the, the shoulder. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Finley, he does this twice. Maybe it's uh, because... TJP's a junior, but it doesn't look like there's a huge size difference between both men. But man, those two Irish coach backbreakers by Finley looked fucking amazing. One of them. Brother. Then it was like a spinning Irish curse thing. Like, what the fuck was that? That's bad. All right. Dude, Finley hitting some fucking great moves. And all right, another thing I feel like is happening lately is, is like, all right. Mood is retired. We all get to use mist now, because yeah. now it's a now it's a TJP thing. And a couple of other people have started using it too. There's a Bamba splash for two, so uh, you know TJP gets close a couple more times. But no, he, uh, Finley does this move. It doesn't look like a trash panda. But it looks more urinagi bombish or something. I don't know what it was. I liked it though. No, I can't remember what it was exactly. I will check it it's right the, now. He, he, it's like his new variation. It's called Overkill. On, yeah, on the Oblivion thing. So it's Which set I up like the same way, but it's a little different. Because Overkill is a gnarly song and a gnarly album. What about Odin. Urge Overkill? Remember that band? Yeah, the, the only song everyone knows by them is like, the cover of girl you'll be a woman soon it's not creepy lyrics that's a great song it's a good song but like i'm old man you're diamond girl hey you know it was in pulp fiction creepy near the darkest shit right there i like that match luke and i really like the super airplane backbreaker thing that was awesome dude i knew this match would be good even though tjp was losing because TJP's in it, they're always good. And I really like this Finley. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a interesting uh, crowd note. So, I don't know if they do this in Australia. You'll have to tell me. But oftentimes, when you have a bunch of fucking smelly marks in a crowd in America, this kind of thing will happen. So, there's people in the crowd that want to chant for TJP because he's the baby face. 
Um, maybe they like him. Maybe they don't. Then there's people in the crowd that kind of know about TJP and they don't. Or they're Bullet Club fans. A lot of Bullet Club fans there, too. So the people who don't like TJP, they keep saying, sucks, real quick, after somebody does a TJP chant. So you have TJP, <laughs> TJP, sucks, 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 like that. And it's so fucking funny, and I hate it. And I think it's like – it's it's kind of a um, – if you do I that – lost with him. If you do that, I – probably don't want to be your friend just saying you know <laughs> so it's like oh that was really fun but the crowd did like that one a lot it was just kind of like you know wasn't as strong of a reaction as they had other uh, other ones except for the people that like to say sucks after everything so uh next week we had a strong tag title match promo video and then Ooh. we had the strong tag title match it's <laughs> So we got the Rhino and the Android versus ELP and Hikaleo. And uh, this is a very, very strong match, if you know what I'm saying. Like, it's very strong. Not meaning the competitors are strong, but if strong was used as an adjective, the actual, like, shows and New Japan thing, this is very strong. However, it's not, like, strong in that way where it's, it's like, just generic and bad. It's pretty good, you know? So these guys... It's fun to watch these guys all face each other in this situation because they've evolved so much over the past couple of years. And it's it's just kind of cool to see them, you know, get to go together. And I, I really like that. So Bullet Club, of course, attack before the bell. You know, that's what they do. So the faces fend them off and they get the big shine. But Bullet Club cuts them off and they go after Hikaleo's leg. Gonna get his leg. So uh, Bullet Club, because that's that's the only story Hikaleo can tell in a match, I guess. I don't get it. It's a little, I, I, I'm tired of it, but I did really like this match. So Bullet Club, they beat the shit out of Hikaleo in creative ways. I like this because they use teamwork on Hikaleo. Like it was rare that just one of them was like attacking him. And if they were, it was because someone else had just helped. He'd been so, softened up. Yeah. Right. And so that way they don't bury the, you know, uh, Hikaleo and they don't bury the tag team. So, uh, so there's some really good, like hot tag teases where they're like, Oh, we're going to get ELP tagged in, but no, he gets pulled off the, you know, the ring apron. That's really good at that, you know, stuff. So finally we get the hot tag to, to ELP. He does all his, you know, fun flippy shit. He also has a, a series of hilarious atomic drops on Bullet Club, which is really fun. And uh, crowd digs that. So he hits all of his high flying shit to the delight of everyone except Bullet Club. And the champs, they do their combo moves on the Android, but he's too strong. He's so strong. He hits a German suplex on Hikaleo, but that's not it. He's not done. It's fucking amazing. He, he follows up by catching ELP in all kinds of like wild ways, you know, into this huge Death Valley driver looking thing that was like, wow. <laughs> so awesome, android. dude. So there's a total elimination on Hikaleo, but he kicks out. Choke slam to Connors, but no, he gets chop blocked because that's the only part of his body you can attack. And so Hikaleo kicks out of a assisted no chaser. Uh, Bullet Club, they do the full clip on Hikaleo, but ELP breaks up that pin. Uh, choke slam, but the android is too strong to get choke slam. ELP has to get in and kick him. And then, he, you know, Hikaleo hits the choke slam. Thunder Kiss 872, super style for the win. The champs retain and Bullet Club are defeated. I like uh, you. You're right about that part where it's, it's like, like, look, 
we, it takes two of us to soften up Hikaleo, but I can't help but laugh at some of the visuals of Clark Connors grabbing Hikaleo's arms through the thing and doing, you know, the, the <laughs> ring post spot and then pushing him into the ring and starting to do fuck your leg stuff on Hikaleo. <laughs> And it's not the fuck your leg stuff where it's a figure four, so your body is away from Hikaleo. No, it's that one where you kind of sit between the legs, grab the leg, and kind of pull that way. So, you know, and I'm like, Hikaleo could, like, twist and wrench off your torso from this position. I'm like, all right, this is kind of funny. But uh, it looked what? a little weird. Like, I didn't expect Hikaleo to be the one that needed to get the hot tag spot in this match. You know, I... I, I I might have done it in such a way where I might have showcased maybe Clark bumping around like a maniac and have uh, the big guy toss him around and stuff, but you can't really do that with the heel team. Any no, no one's going to feel sympathy for Clark Connors, are they? No. <laughs> um, yeah, I I thought this was a lot of fun. The thing you're talking about where they're like, there's these hilarious visuals. Now, have you ever seen the pictures of Andre the Giant like in his early wrestling training where it's just him in regular holds? with like a normal sized guy and oh. they're just so funny because he's not, he's not like wide yet. He's just a tall, you know, a skinny guy that's yeah. really, really tall. It looks so funny. It looks similar to that a little bit, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of like when, uh, Oscar Loeb started being a young lion and I'm just like, really? I already think this young lion can kick your ass. Like, Come on, man. <laughs> and, and like Hiromu's got him in a leg lock or something. Yeah, grabbed him out like he was nothing. That's so funny, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. But yeah, uh, this always has a fun factor part of it, too. Uh, so, you know, Clark's up for having some fun. The Android's into it as well. And Alphantasma is always going to make it a good time. Atomic Drop City. Like, that's. That's one of the dumbest moves. <laughs> it was so funny, though, because they, they kept, like, he got an atomic drop on the front. Then he gets it on the back. Then the android comes in. He goes for the atomic drop, but no, it's foiled. But then he flips over him, and then he hits it. You know, it's like stuff like that was really well done. And, I mean, that's what you're going to get from these guys. They're, they know what they're doing. Hell, yeah, they do. All right. So, next, we have Julia versus Trish Adora. By the way, where is the IWGP women's title? Maya Iwatami was on Wrestle Kingdom commentary. She started coming to the ring, and she's like, oh, here I come, here I come. And then she walked right over to commentary, and as you always say, she said, uh, you get to look at the back of my head. And that's the last time we've seen her. I have not been following her defenses or anything, but I'm assuming she's been defending them in stardom. Weird that she wasn't in Wrestle Kingdom, though. Like, didn't Isn't that why you made that title? So you can showcase at big yeah. shows the lady wrestlers, not, not just at the fucking American ones. Look, I'm not asking for it on Rando House Show World Tag League number 20 to put like 50 women's matches in the middle or something, but Dominion, no. have the IWGP women's title there. I mean, it also... I mean, it could be like we, we're going to talk about the new beginning, right? And what they're doing with that is some of these Kurgan Hall shows will have a big main event. I mean... Couldn't do it there, you know? I mean, that would be yeah. kind of cool, right? Just saying. It's also cross-promotion, isn't it? Do you want more people to subscribe to Stardom? I don't know. Put I mean, what are we doing on. here? Listen to us. We have great advice on business. 
President Tanahashi, get us on the uh, on the blower. <laughs> we got some important information for you. That's uh, right. It, it, what was well, this, uh, also, the... we want you to take a listen to this American show. How does that sound in your ears, Mr. President? <laughs> the ace of the Druciverse. Druciverse. Yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a pretty good match, too. And uh, this is, I think, my intro to Trish Adora. So that, there is that. The crowd's a bit quiet at the start of this. I don't know why. Maybe they just saw two pretty super fun matches, and they think this maybe is the Diva spot match or something. But uh, Julia don't do Diva spot matches. This builds up into a pretty gnarly ass-kicking match from both ladies. You like it too? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. So, yeah, I'm like, really, crowd? We're, going, we're doing Diva's chance for this. But as this match goes on, they get fucking into it like I am. So I'm like, <clears throat> yes. Man, they do awesome Germans on each other and strikes. And whilst I will feel like I want to see more Trishadora, I felt like this match was more like a Julia showcase. The first part of the match was like maybe showcasing her selling. And then like the maybe the last portion of the match was uh, her resilience and uh, ability to just fucking kick ass. So uh, I really I really liked it. Adora looked strong. At the end, kicking out of some moves and stuff, but uh, dude, this spot fucking ruled. I think I've seen Julia do something like this before, but and if so, well, why not do it again? It's awesome. So Adora kicks out of a move at one, gets up to do the yeah, kicked out of one pose just to get kneed right in the fucking face. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, that's awesome. And two, a two count. For that, though, and then a Northern Lights bomb, and Julia retains. I thought the match was pretty damn fucking gnarly myself, and, uh, yeah, I had a good time. So Julia has been, like, a lot of the matches we've seen her in, her opponent's been bigger than her. But Julia's, like, attitude and her charisma is bigger than her opponent. And that's um, fun to kind of, like, watch how that, that kind of dynamic's great. And so... I felt like that Julia really did a good job trying to make her opponent look awesome. And I think she did a great job. I really like Trisha Dora. She like, uh, she's, I guess from ring of honor. Uh, I really haven't watched much of hers either. Uh, people always say she's very good though. And she has like her own little like group, I guess, a ring of honor. So when she came out, she tried to do the code of honor, but Julia like was like, no, I'm going to suplex you. And then, but Trisha Dora kind of fought her off. And then they did the handshake anyway, which I was kind of funny. It's like, why would you trust her? She just tried to suplex you. But it's a killer Japanese instinct, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, man. And and I just really enjoyed that weird kind of dynamic of the size difference and then the charisma difference. It was just interesting. There was a top rope butterfly suplex in this match, too. <laughs> I mean, had the crowd just marking out, and I was too, man. But, uh, Luke, there was a little video after this, right? Yes, indeed. There was a little video after this. And it's uh, it's Mustafa Ali. Uh, is he uh, still going by that name? Is it just yes. Mustafa now? I, I don't know. But he is a guy I have seen wrestle, but admittedly I haven't seen him wrestle for years because I don't watch that stuff anymore. But I know he's uh, a free agent and stuff, so that's pretty cool. Hey, he's a good wrestler, and he, and uh, I think it'd be a pretty decent 
decent match, might get some attention to it. So he calls out Hiromu in this video package. I mean, you don't want to call out the champ because they're not putting the title on you and stuff. Sorry. <laughs> so, so you call out Hiromu. <laughs> and I think that's going to happen at probably Windy City or something like that. But still, I'm in. That's going to be a great match. The crowd loved this. Um, mm. Mustafa Ali, I mean, I think he's heading for a feud with uh, the ace of the Druciverse, honestly, because he's got some kind of presidential candidate kind of gimmick, which, honestly, that's tired as fuck in wrestling. But, you know, that's like indie wrestlers. <laughs> Every indie promotion has done that that storyline at least once. But this match will be fantastic. You know, Mustafa Ali is a great wrestler. And, yeah. you know, it'll be nice to see you know, it's really it's fun sometimes to see a guy who was already good. They go to WWE, they get all that experience with good and bad experiences, and then they come out. What do they look like coming out of that? So it'll be interesting to see what you know, and the fact that he's going to face uh, Hiromu at Windy City uh, riots. That'll be cool, man. I'm excited. Absolutely. So ne- next, Luke, we have a match. It's TMDK, Big Teats, Zack Saber Jr. versus Matt Riddle and X. All right. You knew he was getting pinned, right? Um, I didn't. Oh, big teats. Yes, certainly. You know, yeah. but uh, you know, but I didn't know who X was. I was thinking, well, Kojima, right? You know, that would that's the Kojima. logical X. You know, but I don't think this is big enough of a spot for Kojima. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he's got to be higher on the card. So you know, um, now this is one of those moments when the match between you know the equipment and the people running it. I mean, it was highly in favor of the equipment. The equipment was getting heat in the corner, man. They were stalking around. They were beating the shit out of the people that run it because Matt Riddle gets to the ring, and he's like, here I am. I'm Matt Riddle. And the Chiron, the little like thing at the bottom of the screen, says Jeff Cobb. And I was like, oh, God. So then I knew Kojima wasn't going to be his partner. <laughs> it was going to be Cobb. Jeff Cobb. That's, the, that's probably the worst goof they've ever done on something like that since we've been watching as far as like just completely wrong and then spoiling a surprise. But I mean, the surprise was coming 30 seconds later. No big deal. So. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Maybe smile. <laughs> ah, it was funny. So, um, so that it was is like just... a quick backstage beat down with chairs or something. <laughs> yeah, like. so... Threw so... him into the roller door and just quickly ran away. Oh man. That door makes such a cool noise. You know, the, the door in the back, like the, the dock area of an arena. Oh, yeah. Man, it makes a cool noise. So uh, anyway, so it is Jeff Cobb and um, Jeff Cobb and Matt Riddle. They were a tag team at PWG called the Chosen Bros. And they were tag champs there, I think. And so that's cool. These guys already have experience wrestling each other. So this match is going to be good. And my God, <laughs> it is. I Listen, Matt Riddle, piece of shit. Like, well-established piece of shit. This guy is a fantastic wrestler, though, and his, like, you know, I'm not saying that that's a a quality that's good or redeems him in any way. I'm just saying, you know, this is what I'm seeing. He, uh, his style fits so well in New Japan, especially versus somebody like Zack Sabre Jr. I mean, this is some really good shit in this match. So hopefully he will come in, he'll do his matches, and we'll never see him again. That's what I'm hoping it will be good in the meantime. So uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Bro, they do just tremendous rolling around the start. I mean, it's good. It's real good. And then Bro, he steals Bolton Oleg shit and does the little exercise doohickey. And I was disgusted. Motherfucker. Disgusted. 
How so, low do you have to be to still young lion moves? I, that is wow. You know, that's why Makabe does the Brad. so big teats and Cobb get in and that rules too because they're doing all kinds of awesome big man shit they okay if you know there's a couple things i love in wrestling all right i love it when two guys lock up and tumble out of the ring i love that it's well established something else i love in wrestling is the universal spot or just running the ropes that's one of my favorite parts of wrestling, especially when it's gigantic people doing it and they're just doing normal shit, but it looks wild when it's two giant guys do it. So we fucking, you know, Cobb sends uh, big teats into the ropes. We get like leapfrog, you know, drop down, shoulder tackle, and then drop kick. And it's like, it's <laughs> one of my favorite parts of this whole show. I love that. That was so great. Oh man, so good. So Cobb and Zack Saber Jr. That that kind of stuff though kind of steals the show with this match because those guys have a rivalry already that's incredible, yeah. and they know we've already done all these awesome spots. So we got these other ones we can do. Let's do those. <laughs> so for example, you know um, Cobb has uh, as Zack Saber Jr. up for the uh, tour of the islands, but no, Zack Saber Jr. wiggles around into a crucifix position. It's a crucifix bomb. All right. And it looks wild. <laughs> it's a callback to how Zack Sabre Jr. won uh, one of those matches against Cobb, too. So he tried it the second time and Cobb was ready for it. But this time he surprises Cobb with it. But that was uh, you know, great. Yeah. Was, I know. Yeah. You're right. And I appreciate you adding that context. So, um, Big Teats hits a monster German suplex on, on Bro for <laughs> two that was like, oh my God. So, again, you know, again, it's like you get to see that Matt Riddle's also here to bump around, you know, for big teams. Yeah. So pretty cool, you know. TMDK, they double top, uh, double uh, team Cobb with a low bridge. Um, and then Zack Sabre Jr. and Cobb continue their incredible counters. Uh, they, they do all this, you know, insane counters. So Teets hits a huge blue thunder bomb for two. I think on Cobb. I think I goofed up there, and it was Cobb and Teets that were wrestling. So then Zack Sabre Jr. and Bro get in a big slap off that's like, Jesus Christ, guys, relax. You know, it's just valley battle. Relax, you I know? know, right? But I, I appreciated that. And then we get an inverted razor edge, like rising knee from the chosen bros. Okay. Razor's edge guys facing, you know, up, right. So he can do a back bump. This is, he's facing forwards or he's facing down. So it's face first, boom off the shoulders, big knee in the fucking head. Man, it looked incredible. Uh, and then, uh, you know, that was really cool. Big T hits an exploder on Cobb, but jumping cradle pile driver from bro for the win. They tease bro joining United Empire, but that ain't happening. So No, I don't see that happening either. Whew. Also, how good did Teets look? Like, not only that, he doesn't look like he's being held together by uh, bits of duct tape anymore. Burger Looks like man. he's had a bit of time off and he's doing all right. Did he have a haircut as well? Is that just me? <laughs> You're like, there's something different about you, Teets. Hey, Teets, there's something Are different about you. Did you do something with your hair? <laughs> <laughs> it, it turns out his teats are just a little bigger. <laughs> that's, that's right. It could be in the eyes. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Oh, my goodness. All right. So <clears throat> let's do it. 
I I have like really awesome notes for the next two and okay ones for the main event. Yeah. So, all right, all right. So let's let's do this one. It is Gabriel Kidd versus Eddie Kingston. It is for the Triple Crown Championship, which means Eddie's totally winning. But uh, that's okay. <laughs> was it really? It was for all three of them. Yeah. I thought it was just for the strong open weight title, but man, either way, that's okay. Hmm. All right. So Gabe Kidd got a title shot for an AEW belt in a New Japan strong ring. <laughs> so his second two AEW belts. Two AEW belts. <laughs> okay. Oh, actually, sorry. All right. I tell lies. One AEW belt, one ring of honor belt. There you Same go. Same thing. <laughs> ring of W. They're different, Luke. Well, then why am I watching Rampage with a fucking six-man Ring of Honor title on it? <laughs> Fuck off. I'm watching AW. If I wanted the Ring of Honor stuff, I'd be watching it. Man, imagine if you were just a new wrestling fan and you, like, watch this match and you're like, I don't know. What the fuck's going on with these belts? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. There's a video package and all that kind of stuff. And uh, anyway, that's... Uh, there's a late Katamara Gambit by Gabriel Kidd. There's also a Canadian Big Boot, which is pretty cool. Kidd gets a snap suplex on the outside, and then he fucks with Eddie on the ring post. That's the third match I've seen this spot now. Mm. But uh, that's okay. They all have, they all, I guess every match has pins in them. So, well, there's that, mm. there, <laughs> there's that no DQ match. So, you know, I, I imagine there's only certain things they can do that aren't going to, like, overlap with that. Yeah. Then, then again, everybody's doing mist, so who cares, you know? <laughs> mist and ring post spots for some reason. <laughs> oh, my God. They they get in the ring. Hey, and the, the, bell, the bell rings. Oh. Oh, we got That's a better cool. ref for this match. Okay, cool. And then there's a chop battle, which is great, and ends with uh, Eddie doing his, like, Cobalt chap uh, chops in the corner, but uh, kid he fires back with elbows and a suplex for two. Eddie hits an exploder and a and, a, and then there's a like a backdrop and a gnarly pile driver for two by Gabriel Kid. There's headbutts. Oh, I love seeing headbutts, but I also hate seeing headbutts. If that makes sense, so uh, yeah. The older you get, the less you want to see headbutts, I guess. <laughs> they were safe, though. They were doing the thing where they put, you know, oh, the hands the hand on it, yeah. yeah, so I was like, ah, oh, the Eddie Kings is not trying to ruin this run. No. <laughs> no so. uh, he's got three titles at once. He does not want to get injured, but he still wants to do cool shit. <laughs> oh, my God. A kid slaps and spits on Eddie. <gasps> and uh, there's a you fucked up chance by the, uh, <laughs> by the crowd. Oh my god, this is an awesome slap fest. And then the back fist by Eddie. Uh-oh. But kid rolls out to the ring. One of my favorite little spots in wrestling is when like someone does one of their signature moves and then the 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 guy drops dead but kind of has the wherewithal to kind of let the momentum let them roll at the ring. But then you've got the other wrestler kind of on their hands and knees kind of chasing them like ah. Yeah. Oh. So Eddie does a bit of that trying to grab No, oh, he's too late. He's already out. There's, there's more headbutts and vicious fucking strikes on the outside. Eddie even hits an exploder out there. There's a count going. Uh, Eddie is about to enter the ring, but <laughs> Gabriel Kidd takes the mic away from the guy doing the count and says to 
Eddie Kingston. Is that all you got, you fat bitch? <laughs> and and rather than get back in the ring to break up the count and then coming back out, no, they fight and double count out. And at first I was a little annoyed, but the more I think about it, I'm like, well, how cool is it they didn't get, like, you expect Gabriel the kid to get jobbed out or something, right? Yeah. They didn't job him out. They jobbed the android out. But they didn't job out Gabriel Kidd. Have they got something planned for Kidd? Please, please, yes, please. I hope so. I hope so, too. So there's a double count out. They fight, and security's like, security's holding them back, but the crowd's like, let them fight, let them fight. Kid just grabs one of Eddie's titles, just fucking threw it on the ground because he's an adult. Because uh, he's an adult. He's not a part of your system, okay? That's that's right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Clark and the android come out, and there's a beatdown and a kid-style pile driver on Eddie Kingston. So we're probably going to get another one of these matches before Eddie wins. But uh, Gabriel Kidd, living up to uh, the the reputation of Bull Club, gold or bodies? Well, he was fucked on the outside, so he chose bodies, I guess. (laughs) I liked it. This is good stuff. It was fun. And it was like the crowd went bonkers for this they man massive reaction for eddie kingston anything he did you know and so with with <laughs> fucking kid, kid there to spoil the cool shit you know i mean he got all kinds of heat it was great i really enjoyed the whole thing with the you know grabbing the mic from the timekeeper and all that shit that was smart man i like that also i found very amusing that ref chumpy jr you know, uh, Eddie Kingston had to heroically sell to the back, but he did that with the help of a young ref chumpy junior who ref that. Match. <laughs> so, um, I really liked that. I thought that was fun. And as you said, Gabe kid looked awesome and maybe they got some planned. I hope so. Because I feel like, you know, it just seems like if anyone's going to go singles, it would be him, you know, just seems that yeah. way. And, and that'd be pretty cool. But, uh, Luke, how about we tag team this next match? All right. So it's a no DQ match, and it's Moxley versus Shingo. I'll take us up to a certain point. You take it from there, you know? So this match is interesting, too, because Red Shoes is here, right? And Red Shoes is fucking super over with this crowd. At one point, he starts counting, and and the crowd starts chanting Red Shoes (laughs) because he's counting. Oh, my goodness. So tell me about Shingo's gear. Oh my god, Shingo. Shingo somehow manages to look like a complete dag, like he, but he also manages to look like himself, and he also manages to give me this kind of Jack Burton uh as the big trouble in little China kind of vibe. Because uh he's he comes out, he's in a sleeveless white shirt, uh with pants that don't really match jeans. Like jeans jeans and then over his jeans like you might think he'd put like some boots on no he's got his normal wrestling shoes (laughs) the jeans tucked into the boots you know jeans tucked into the boots hey those shoes those boots are well worn and he trusts them he's not putting on some stank shoes for a fucking big match against moxley i guess so uh he looks adorable and looks absolutely fucking ridiculous he comes out to his badass dragon music, and I'm just like, oh my god! It's like it's tradition that like 
if you're in a bunkhouse match or a street fight, did you come out like in jeans, yeah. you know, specifically? So the fact that he came out with jeans, he also had a white shirt on that was That's like right. cut, the sleeves cut off, and you're like, oh, what's he gonna do with that? So anyway, it's a dead giveaway when guys just come out in a no DQ match in white that they're gonna get blood all over it. <laughs> so the match starts with a kendo stick fight. You know, also, oh, one thing I did want to mention. Fighting too, with fake swords. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, I did want to mention, too, that the crowd didn't really like Moxley's Japanese music. They didn't like that. You know, they're like, they expected oh, Moxley's thing, didn't they? Yeah, they didn't know who it was at first. And they were like, oh, oh, there he is, you know, because he comes through the crowd. And I thought that was fun. So now you had a similar thought as me. And we'll talk about how we feel when we get through this. But as I'm watching this, as it starts, I'm like, man, I just want to see like strong style. Like I want to see, we saw how good it was when, you know, um, when Moxley wrestled that style in Japan, but he hasn't done it since pretty much. So it's like, why can't we get that? But maybe what we get will be fine too. We'll see. So they fight with fake swords. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> you know, Moxley wins that fight, it turns out, because Shingo only fights with a real sword, you know, That's uh, right. is, is successful. So he hits Shingo in the face with a trash can lid. Red Shoes gets on his case and Moxley, which I don't even know why he was on his case. It's a no DQ match, but, but Red Shoes is like, no, you cannot use a trash can lid. And so Moxley bows for a big pop. So at that point, crowd, like, you know, Red Shoes, he bows back. Giant red shoes chant. <laughs> so, red and shoes, somewhere, somewhere back in Japan, Chumpy paid twenty dollars. Probably to, he didn't know he could watch it for free on New Japan World, so he paid for the Walker Texas Stewart. Oh, he did. He um, did commentary, and he was watching this, and he got really sad. So did Watto. Yeah, they both want to be over in America, and they can't be. So, yeah. anyway, they, these guys do hardcore street fight spots. It's fine. I'd rather see them wrestle in a regular match, you know, right? But then Shingo starts bleeding. They do more hardcore spots. And then Moxley, they, like, break a kendo stick. <laughs> start stabbing each other with the pieces of the kendo stick. <laughs> I like that. I thought that was fun, man. So, uh, and, and also, Moxley is fixated on Shingo's mouth. He keeps, like, putting shit in his mouth. So he puts, like, the end of the kendo stick in his mouth. And then he puts the piece of the kendo stick in his mouth. And it's like... I'm glad he's got a mouth guard in there. <laughs> Shingo agree to that, you know, but anyway. <laughs> if he didn't agree to it, you would have seen a fucking receipt. No, no problem. I mean, maybe we did. We don't know. These guys are too good. <laughs> There's no way you'd tell, you know. Uh, <laughs> true. true. So anyway, so Shingo, oh, wait, we get all like, uh, they throw a bunch of strikes and Shingo's like all in full cell mode because he's bleeding and everything. Uh, Moxley tries a sliding D, but that's too far. That's fucking Shingo's move. He's like, fuck you, bro. He fires up, and we get a big, like, double-down Yukon Lariat. Shingo's like, I like Ska, but no, not yet, right? So finally, a few moments later, it is time, and the motherfucking camera misses the stop-da-da thing. They just miss it completely. There's a couple little botches like that that happen, and it's disappointing. But oh, That's uh, another win for the equipment. Oh, that's another yeah. backstage beatdown or a sick promo. <laughs> So it's really funny. So anyway, um, Shingo he stops a dive with a trash can lid. Red shoes approves. He's cool with that. You know when Moxley does it, it's no. So, 
<laughs> running trash can lid onto Moxley. Now he's bleeding, all right? And uh, Shingo pulls back the turnbuckle pad and drops Moxley on it. And I noticed something about this. If you're a babyface, if you're not Yano, Yano is excluded from this. But if you're a babyface, you can use the turnbuckle like that. But you have to pull the pad back and pin it underneath. You can't take the whole pad off, no. right? Pin it underneath, you're a babyface. You pull the whole thing off, you're a heel in New Japan. So I, I, that's interesting. I've not seen that psychology and thought about that yet. So very <laughs> important that we uh, get that. So I'm a, uh, so then they fight up to a, uh, a big superplex, right? And Shingo gets the sliding D. But then Moxley fires up just like he had done because they both do that move. And they have a headbutt fight. And I think you could take it from there, you know? Oh my god. Headbutt fight and they're both bleeding. By the way, fucking Shingo bleeds first. All right. All right, Moxley. Mixing it up there. Respect. Yeah, subverting our expectations. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes. We get headbutts. Then we get like I love these in in strong style matches, never style matches, where you get like a mix of a suplex slash lariat battle like fucking german on you yeah but i rolled back up onto my feet and now i'm giving you a back suplex i don't fucking rolled up on my feet too here's a lariat oh i didn't go down so he's a lariat for me too i love that shit that is my shit <sighs> and we get that shit so i'm very happy there's a ddt by shingo uh buddy <laughs> oh no there's a ddt by uh I don't know. Something happens to fucking uh, Shingo <laughs> that's done to by Moxley, and before Shingo lands on the mat, he as he's landing, like he's falling, he's like, "Oh fuck you!" Punch in the face. <laughs> so <laughs> that made me that made me laugh. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna land, but uh, you're gonna fall. All right, we had a kendo stick duel at the start. Now there's a chair duel, but Shingo <laughs> wins this time. Whoa! And he, there's this really cool spot. I don't know if you've seen it before. I don't think I have. But uh, with the Japanese chairs, the, the, the things move and they're adjustable and stuff. And Mox gets his fingers in it. Also, Dude. Fucking, boom. So Shingo just fucking closes that, closes that and snaps his fingers. It's like, ah! Oh, so Shingo throws the chair into his gut, but, but Moxley catches it. And, and it's like, nope, I gotcha. And and he's got his hand right there, perfect. So Shingo looks around, boom, closes the chair on his hand. That's oh, right. Fantastic. And That was such a cool spot. You got shit like that going on in the ring, and the crowd getting up for all of it, man. Like, the crowd was going nuts for this. This match started like, eh. And now we're doing shit like this. I don't know. I, I I was like you. I even messaged you, and so I'm like, I just want to see these guys have a never match. But as the match keeps going, I still have that in the back of my mind. But this match has also kind of won me over as well, and I'm I'm really into it. Especially since uh, you know Shingo's going to bump like a maniac, but it also seems like Mox is also interested in taking Shingo's offense as well, and to beat the shit out of each other. This is oh my god. So. Shingo wins the chair, Julie. Does the finger snap spot, which is cool. There's a chain lariat by Shingo for two. Yeah. Shingo pulls out an American-style table, and I'm like, boo! <laughs> yeah. But also, 
I don't fear for your safety now, so that's all right. Uh, <laughs> Mox chokes out Shingo with the chain and then elbow drops Shingo through the table. Then Mox pulls out another table. There's like a, but you know, you, you don't need both tables. This He's got put one in the ring. That was for the outside. <laughs> this is the ring table. So that's right. And Shingo puts Moxley through that with a Death Valley driver. Then we get a Takagi driver for two. Made in Japan on a chair for two. Shingo kicks out of a curb stomp and a Death Rider. We get Shingo. He gets another kick out at one, but uh, <clears throat> Death Rider on a chair, and Moxley wins. And then, you know, you do – I see, I'm kind of excited for this too, but don't make this no DQ. Make Give us a normal right. match because I yeah. think it would fucking work. It really would. It would have worked here as well, but I, I eventually was won over and I, uh, that made in Japan on the chair. Oh, my God. But uh, Moxley calls that Naito. So title match. And what I like about uh, Mox – you can say whatever you want about him, Mr. Dude. I know you will. But he'll come to Japan. Yeah. He's, he doesn't just do these strong shows. Like, he'll do four or five dates in Japan every year. So maybe this is one of them. Uh, you know, well, the, <clears throat> you know, the Windy City Riot will be in Chicago. So it's not going to be in Japan. It's the next big strong show. But oh, is that where that's happening? Yeah. So that's already been announced. And it's fun because he when he made the announcement, he was like, it's time, you know, like fucking a, I've been waiting for a title shot. Right. I mean, it's been a long time. He's had the, lots of U uh, S title shots and whatnot around that. But I don't, I mean, I think he's had one, maybe, I don't know how many, uh, actual, uh, you know, heavyweight title shots he's had, but, um, I'm happy that match will be great. It'll be a spectacle. I, it's kind of like, don't even matter what happens in the ring, you know, but one thing we did forget to talk about is the Shingo mist. So Shingo, that's right. Even know, Shingo's got missed now, yeah. Right. So Moxley brought the table into the ring, and in order to avoid being killed, that's when Shingo used the mist. It was green mist. Um, TJP used red mist. The red, the mists do different things. The colors do different things, you know. So this was the green, like poison mist. And I'm interested. Uh, I'm thinking that this is probably something that Shingo used to do. Don't you think? You know what I mean? I, I would think this isn't a new thing for him. My opinion. Yeah, you know, he, I remember watching a match where I'm like, "Wow, Shingo looks out of his depth doing kicks," and having a good chuckle about that. And that's just a small thing, a small part of a one match against Taichi, I think it was. But uh, he didn't look; he looked quite right at home, using all these weapons and taking all these bumps and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I have to agree. Like maybe there's some stuff we don't know. He's Betty. done death matches yeah. for sure. Yeah, lots for of them. Sure. So, you know, he's but, a bad motherfucker. He, yeah. Of course, he's done bad motherfucker matches. Of course. Well, dude, that was that match was awesome. <coughs> I, oh, I went, I went from going eh, to like going, you know, freaking out because I really enjoyed that in the crowd. I mean, I noticed the crowd being loud before, but in that match, it was like another. It's like this show had the things a wrestling show is supposed to have. Every match was a little better, and the crowd got up and up and up and further, and at the end, it was a big, you know, uh, explosion. So that's kind of what you want, and this wrestling show was very successful at that. You know, the main event is obviously what we're all kind of here to see because this is a historically significant match, but 
it's a little less historically significant than I what I thought because I thought I was thinking, oh, these guys were they wrestled like three times, something like that, you know? <laughs> no, it's more like twelve times, so, and Okada's won like nine of them. So we get the you know main event promo package, and it covers the history of this rivalry. And yes, as you said, they've had nine matches. They actually said it in the in the promo package, and Okada's won seven of them. So, so. <laughs> This is another case for me where I'm like, I still did message you. I'm like, I hope Ricardo wins, but I also thought he would win because Osprey's leaving. That Time makes to lose sense, on your right? back. Yeah, you go. You, you come in looking at the lights. You go out looking at the lights. Right. So that's it. He. Uh, I was looking forward to this because their matches are always awesome, and yeah. like I don't because they've had so many of them. I don't know which one I think is the best. Will I think this is the best one? So it's, uh, <laughs> it's a main event special singles match of Kata versus Will Ospreay and Will Ospreay's like farewell uh, singles match in New Japan. So this match has a big match feel. The fans stand for their entrances and everything. They're marking out. But, you know, of course, we're going to get the slow feeling out, steady pace, you know, here at the beginning. So they do the rope breaks, do the holds and escapes. Okada, you know, takes it to the floor, of course. And he reveals his plan, which is, fuck your neck. So DDT, on, uh, draping DDT on the floor over the guardrail. Uh, it's fuck your neck time. Okada gets booed for going after <laughs> Will's neck, by the way. And he leans into it and milks those boos for I every love that about oh, Okada. man, man. Fantastic, right? He's not deaf. He can hear the people people just going nuts for some people like him, sure, but it's 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 an Osprey crowd. Yeah. So all right, unleash the big dick that is Okada. That was awesome. Yeah. Ooh, he just leans right into it. And it's a different kind, you know, a lot of times we see that when he dismisses the opponent, right? But that's not how he does here. He's got a whole other kind of thing that he pulls out here for this one. It's tremendous. So uh, anyway, Will comes back, of course, and he gets that like spinny handspring kick thingy, and they fight uh, over who is going to hit the drop kick to the guy <laughs> sitting in the corner countering each other's attempts kind of thing, which is really fun. So uh, Flapjack and Okada's back on top, and most of his offense is neck or head oriented. You know, that's what he's going after. He slaps on the money clip, and Luke loses consciousness briefly. But then he comes to when there's big time reversals, tombstone, <laughs> <laughs> tombstone on the floor from Okada, and that serves as like a big double down, right? So that you know, count out type thing. They both get back in the ring, big elbow from Okada, Rainmaker snaps him. Let's get done with this thing. He's he's ready to wrap it up. Okada hits a bunch of forearms and shitty kicks after you know, of course, the Rainmaker is dodged, and uh, but. He gets a, he gets Will in the corner, just starts beating the fuck out of him. I'll <laughs> just boo the shit out of him, and it's like, yeah, it's great, man. So Rainmaker's countered into a Spanish fly, which looks so incredible, man. It's like, how do you do that? They, these guys have the ability. I told you, running the ropes is one of my favorite things, and these two together can do running the rope spots that no one else can. You know, these it's like rope running battles. Yeah. All based around maybe hitting a drop kick. That's it. And they meet and yet, in the middle. You know, it's like it's like all the offense happens right in the middle of the ring, even though they're running the ropes. It's wild, dude. Old so, people should love this match. Wow, they're all this about a drop kick and all that kind of stuff. You know, simple <laughs> move. They should love that shit. But and then 
then there's that like that gnarly moment where one of those drop kicks is turned into oh, fucking powerball. Yeah, we'll get there. So there's uh, the big landslide from Okada. Will uh, he gets two count, you know, and then Will hits a Styles Clash for two. You know, I'm just so tired of this fucking trope, but they work it in here, and it doesn't he was work never in Bullet Club. It's, yeah, he was never in Bullet Club. So, but he has done this during their matches where he starts yeah. running through the offense, like the finishers of people who have beat Okada. That's that's more what it was. It just happens to be Bullet Club guys this time for some reason. So, you know, it's kind of annoying, but or it could just be Bullet Club guys. I don't know. Anyway, so there's this big setup where Okada's right near the ropes. This crowd watches AEW. They know. They know. So Okada's got his head in the ropes, and he's looking around, and he's kind of dazed, and Will looks at him, and the crowd knows. You know, it's fucking Kenny Omega V trigger. Here it comes, but it's countered, all right, by a drop kick. And Okada hits the Stormbreaker for two. <laughs> Crowd That's is like, what? Amazing. Big Rainmaker from Okada for two. And he makes a hilarious surprise face after that. So it was like the kick out. And he does this like surprised, hilarious face and just freezes and slowly just falls over <laughs> in exhaustion. <laughs> Oh, meanwhile, the crowd is just losing their minds, you know, <laughs> so great. As they should. <laughs> so right after this happens, Okada just looks around and just flips the crowd off for no reason. All of them. Fuck all of you. They get real mad. <laughs> it's so funny. So, so here we go. These guys are going to do the spot and they start running the ropes and boom, it's the running the rope power bomb right in the, middle of the ring where... Like, and they've done it to each other, too. So it's it's not, I don't know who did. I'm assuming that last time it was this guy, and now it's this guy. But in this case, it was Okada taking the powerbomb, I believe. And uh, that was just tremendous, that that, that move. I, now, I, I will say that in Japan, they captured a little better with the camera angle. You know, the camera angle is kind of like from behind the person giving the, the powerbomb. And it kind of didn't look as cool if you could see it, like, side on. But... Still fucking one of the coolest things of all time. I got a bitch about something, though. So, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Nothing's just going to entertain. So, there's a Booyah spot. It's tremendous. The crowd is just, they're just playing the game, man. Okada's cocky, feeding his chin to Will, you know, for the Booyah spot. <laughs> the crowd just, I'm telling you, they are so good here. Uh, so, running blade, and Will does the Rainmaker pose, right, to a big cheer. He tries one, but misses. And then he hits a drop kick, and then Will finally hits a Rainmaker, right? So Bulldog pin from Okada for two. He's won many matches like that. Gets out. Uh, Will gets out. Rainmaker's countered into Stormbreaker, but Okada kicks out <laughs> for probably the last big double down of the match. Uh, Hidden Blade meets drop kick meets side landslide. Rainmaker's countered by kicks. So Okada just hits his ugly, like, clubbing lariats. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my I God. Wish he, I wish he did those more often. Liked it. They're fucking gnarly. That's, that's, <laughs> so, that's just wait. like like a thud. Oh, my God. It's not pretty. And it's no. like, but but it it's, oh, man. So he keeps risk control throughout that. And the crowd boos him. So uh, <laughs> this is great. DVD from Okada in a clean Rainmaker. He gets the win. Now, I'm assuming that's some, maybe it was some flosion thing that I'm not familiar with, but it looked like a DVD to me. 
Was this their best match? No, not in my opinion, but my God, it wasn't far off. Tremendous main event. What did you think of that? And then we'll talk about what happens after. I agree. They've probably done better matches. They've probably had the, they've probably had 45, 50 minute matches. So, you know, so there's that too. Even they got more time to, to do all this plan, all this crazy stuff. But I, re- I really liked it. Like all these, isn't it nice? Like, well, yeah, we sure, sure. I find I felt like I knew where all the the stories were going tonight, but but the matches kind of won me over. Like Eddie Kingston and Gabe Kidd even did something a little different because I was like, oh, bye, kid. You know, see you next time. No, double countouts. All right, they got something a little more interesting going on there. The, the, the kid, that's great. That's great. Shingo Marks won me over. Like, I just wanted the Never Style match, but by the end of it, I was just like, all right kill each other it's awesome and then these two just brought the house down at, at the finale it's exactly what you want each each match was just a little better this is probably i mean i might give the edge maybe to shingo because he's he's my boy but this main <laughs> event was fantastic and exactly what you want in the last match of, of a of a sold out american show you want two of your top guys tearing it up and they did and then the right guy won because the other guy is leaving so even better it's nice that Okada was on full-on Okada. You know what I mean? He went to the fifth gear. You know, they didn't stay there for too long either. It did, smashed it now stays welcome as far as, like, being too long or anything. Because, you know, sometimes they can get a little much. But I, I felt like this was the right length and everything. And um, so after the main event, these two hug. And it's, like, pretty cool, right? So really like it you know but then the war dogs appear and they're like fuck your moment <laughs> so finley smashes okada with the shillelagh and it looked tear i mean that is one of the best like like weapon shots i've ever seen in wrestling it was i think he got him because it looked so good so that was awesome cobb tjp and eddie kingston come out to make the save eddie kingston so that gets a huge reaction as well. And now these two guys that are about to be in the same company have something going on too. So, you know, they got some history going in. It's kind of cool. So Will grabs the mic and he tells Eddie, I owe you one. So, hey, we're going to have a storyline one day. I'll tell you what. And uh, he talks about his growth in New Japan and how the company gave him a chance to make mistakes and learn. He puts over Okada. It's his last singles match, you know, uh, for him in New Japan. And then he plugs the steel cage match in o- Osaka. And, you know, we've uh, we've been up and down on that guy in his, like, stint in New Japan. I'm not sad to see him go because we'll still see him again. You know what I mean? And I'm not really worried about that. But I just uh, – I, I felt like that that speech kind of won me over big time with the whole, like, thing of, you know – he was basically saying instead of just throwing me away like a piece of trash, they gave me an opportunity to, to make good. And I don't know if he's ever made good in his personal life, but I feel like he did in the ring. So yeah, I, not, I, you know, I agree with that. Oh, we don't know their personal lives, and admittedly, like you and I are kind of happy to keep our wrestling and our real life personalities kind of separate. But yeah, we, I I don't think he. 100% fully won me over, but it's in the high 90s, somewhere like that. So, you know, I'm, oh, hey, we call his matches, we use his name. Like, yeah, he worked his ass off, man. He did. 
but uh, well, I just know that you're not even going to get the rest of that story because it's probably going to happen because, like, Eddie Kingston in AEW, no, no one in story kind of likes him because, you know. Because he's Eddie an Kingston. asshole. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking shit. Because <laughs> he can't keep his fucking mouth shut. And then he'll be getting a beat down. And it's like, oh, who's going to tag with him? He's like, oh, no, motherfucker owes me one. Mm. And then, boom, it's, it's Osprey. Imagine it's, that match. Like, those guys tagging together. Hmm. You know, that's uh, fascinating. Because that's two completely different things that might go together really well. You know? Absolutely. But, yeah. So, well... It's a good show. In fact, it might be the best American show since the last Valley Battles, maybe. I, yeah, those shows are always good, right? I mean, that's kind of the deal is that that show's always awesome and the rest of them are okay. But, I mean, Windy City Riot's already got some matches announced for it. Um, You know, we'll watch it. Probably not live. Because <laughs> we're not paying the extra fucking money for it. No, we're cheap. That's why. So. You're goddamn right we are. Mm-hmm. All right, so I don't need that reminder on my phone to tell me to do this show because, you know. No, and you don't need the reminder to tell you that you're cheap because I'll always be there to tell you because I'm the same. So That's all right. <laughs> but uh, I do have my phone out because I'm not rude, everyone. Right? Oh, well, I am. But mm-hmm. it's because I was wondering if you'd like to do some kind of uh, wrestler diary. Yeah, well, before we do that, Luke, let's talk about New Ooh, Beginning. That's you right. Know? Yeah, because so, we got all the you know January twentieth, the next New Japan show, and then we get like a bunch of fucking shows with uh you know New Beginning and Nagoya and Luke. Guess where that show is going to be? Nagoya. It's, yeah, it's in Aichi at the Aichi oh Prefectural God. Gymnasium. Dolphin the Dolphins Arena. Arena. We're back, baby. We're back. Oh my God. Yeah. Fired up. So that's the big news for me. You know, I'm sure oh, there's some matches shit. happening too. Shit. Yes, there is. We've got a kickoff match right here. It's uh, Sho Makato versus Katsuya Murashima. I'll get oh, better at their names as uh, I continue to see these two young lions wrestle. So that's a pre match. So it's starts half an hour before the show starts. If you want to watch that, Mr. Guy. Then we've got uh, Tomawaki Honma and Shuda Umino versus Ren Narita and. Ichiro. Ah, that'll be fun. Honda yeah, and, and Shota Uma. Who's going to win? You don't know who's going to win. That, that'll be a count out, you know, or a DQ because it's like, oh, you think that's that which is just to play with us, you know? Yeah. Or Hanma will just get pinned. That's possible. But uh, how many times right. will Hanma end up taking that double cross during this tour? <laughs> you know, probably a few times, right? So. Yeah. Hummer is just like uh, every time he bites my fingers. Every time, <laughs> Get him I'm out pretty sure Hummer's been probably wrestling against Yujiro the longest out of the three wrestlers, right? Yeah. So he's probably been like, man, they're the same jorts he's had since like a, since he came into the company. He just put a Bullet Club logo on him after. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next we got. Okay, so this this doesn't. These look are all like preview show. These are all preview matches. You know, we get some fun stuff like the uh, Desperado and Watto tagging together. Oh, but really, yeah. it's about these main events that they're strewing throughout the New Beginning. So New Beginning is several shows, and they'll all have, uh, or most of them will have a big main event or a couple big matches on it. So like this night, 
the big one is we got the Kapow trophy. And it's the, you know, it's it's um, Ishimori defending against Kratom Khan. <laughs> and, and then there's a tag title match, too. It's a 10-minute Ishimori ring fit match. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is you have to, if you, what what is it? If you win, if you do something, you have to do exercises or something. How does it work here? It sounds like a nightmare match for me. Yeah, they'll do great. You know, it'll be fun. So, yeah. And. Well, and then you got the tag title match with your buddy Chase Owens coming in, but Kent uh-huh. is coming back, so that's cool. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And then your main event that night is Evil versus uh, Tama Tonga, which, you know, Evil's already the champion, so they're just doing this because, you know, whatever. <sighs> Go Evil. <laughs> Why is it? Tama gets the belt, and I'm like, all right, maybe the fourth time is the fucking charm. <laughs> I'm leaving. <sighs> yeah, and other things to look forward to is during the Road to New Beginning, like the tour, on like the 23rd, they're going to have Kanemaru versus uh, Desperado for the, the you know, uh, junior championship. And then on the next night, there's going to be a fucking grudge match, special singles match. It's Shota Umino versus Ren Narita, bitches. So that's yeah. going to be fun. This this tour will be fun, and I'm excited to kind of, you know, get back into the swing of New Japan. It's a good idea to sprinkle in some some important matches here and there to, to I don't know, get more people, get more eyes on it. I think they're current. So those are Kurgan Hall shows, those Road 2 shows, I think, too. So... You know, you know the crowd's going to be insane. It's oh be my awesome, god! So, yeah, it's going to be pretty damn good. Oh fuck, I'm excited. Yeah, I like that American show, but nothing gets me more excited than uh, oh man, one of these shows is going to have like Hiromu and Naito versus Doki Sonata. I hope that's a televised show because I yeah. really want that. That's Doki Hiromu is a good time. Doki Naito is a good time. Sonata and those uh, that movie matches is going to be a good time. Please televise it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they will because Shooter Umino versus Ren Reed is the main event. Right, oh. that's the twenty fourth. It's hard to tell now because, yeah. like the the schedule on. I will talk a little shit about New Japan World. The schedule on it is like a Google Calendar, and you can't even read what's on there. At least I can't. Like it's like a link, and you have to click on it, and then it tells you what it was. But it's really hard to read the calendar, and it doesn't have half the televised shows on there. You yeah. know, so I so you have to look on New Japan uh 1972 and they don't always tell you so it's i don't know don't list all the fucking upcoming shows but i won't tell you if it's a tv show or a house show and do you know how many times like periodically throughout my new japan wrestling uh watching career like career whatever (laughs) it hasn't happened so much since the podcast maybe once but there had been a few times where i've looked at new japan 1972.com Saw there was a show on, logged on, and then to find out it's a house show. Yeah. And you and I thought it might be some kind of house show we show anyway, but you know how bummed out I, I, I am when I feel like I'm about to watch New Japan and then it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> or you have to wait ten minutes yeah. or something. I'm like I just want one. <laughs> I want to see people fight in Japan, please. It reminds me of those times where, like, you were watching a show live, but I wasn't, and there was some huge gap between, like, the pre-show match and the other match for some reason, and you're just like, listen, 
I'm 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 gonna go burn New Japan down. <laughs> I gave you fair warning that 45 minute fucking break. That was the greatest win in the equipment's career, by the way. <laughs> yeah, man, just squash. Well, no, a 45 minute squash. Like it's yeah. just a 45 minute beatdown. It was like Island of Death, but you know there was you know Masa Saito was just getting beat up himself and the office and and, and he was getting never, beat up by the grass. This is all itchy, you know. Makes y'all itchy. I don't like it. No, no. <laughs> That's right. You watch that, and you just kind of scratch your arms, going. Yeah. Ew. And if you got like, if your skin's raw from say, like, I don't know, punching people and getting punched, like that's extra itchy with grass right. on it. Mm. It's only one good type of grass. <laughs> you remember it- in that match, there was a ring. <laughs> That's right, just sitting in the middle of this fucking field on an island, but they didn't wrestle in it. Couldn't they do a spot where the helicopter lands and they fight in the helicopter? <laughs> they should have. That would be good. Or it hangs like 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 maybe a few feet off the ground and like they're hanging off it and like oh superplex. <laughs> well, you have it right next to the ring, right? And that side of the ring doesn't have ropes on it. So they can do it's like the exploding death uh you know wire death match, but it's helicopter blades that are right oh next to God. the ring, and you're like, oh, you know, it's like we get Irish whipped, and then that's a, that's one thing that's cool about death matches is is they can make the Irish whip the most feared move. In, in all of wrestling, just by having something going on with Especially it. if, like, the helicopter's <laughs> tilted a little bit. I'm going to Irish rip you into the blades, mother. Right? Why don't they make some kind of outlandish wrestling game like that where you just wrestle all kinds of crazy shit? Get Kato Ibushi to make it for you. He'd come up with all oh, the dumb ideas. It'd never come out, though. You know, yeah, they'd true. have a lot of problems, uh, you know, in the lead up. That <clears throat> damn clinic. Clinic keeps screwing people over. You know, it's all their fault. It's not you, Abushi. It's other people. That's right. Did you see some actor won an award? Ian sent this to us, I think. Yeah, fucking Chubbs. Yeah, uh, the guy from uh, Cobra Kai and other things. Yeah, Chubbs. Him. And he, like, called out Abushi. Like, you know, he made this, like, acceptance speech at the Emmys, and it was a big, long poem. And at the end, he talked about Abushi and other wrestler who I don't remember. What's he winning an Emmy for, Paul Walter Hauser? For the TV acting, like I like Cobra Kai, but it's not yeah. that good, and he's not that good in no, it. Like, yeah, he's yeah. a dumb character at best. <laughs> he is the chumpy of uh, Cobra he Kai. He is the chumpy. Sure. Oh my god, that is the that is the perfect description. <laughs> That's a great show, man. Yeah, might have to watch that again soon. Oh my goodness! All right. So uh, are we ready for uh, some uh, Wrestler Diaries? Because I have one. It is episode 419 of Mr. Ryusuke Taguchi's diary entries. Wow, these are always fascinating. A fascinating look into his butt. (laughs) Into the the brown eye of Taguchi. (laughs) Taguchi's one-man karaoke, part one. Hope we get part two. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. Say no more. But don't worry, we've still got heaps to go. So don't worry, Jay. But you know, I need part two. Oh my god. Anyway. Yeah. Very. Demanding. Oh. Hey. Looks like uh, this is a two for Mister Andy. Oh. Okay. Well. So, would you like to be Taguchi or Busty Lass? 
Oh, I've been busty last before. I think it's your turn. So, um, but while, you know, while I'm preparing for that, I, uh, if you remember the last time my busty last was pretty rough. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I didn't think I did very well at it. So I'm trying to sound like, like one of the women from Monty Python. See, I should have, you know, and I didn't, I went, with, I went with the Southern lady and it wasn't good, you know, so so we are doing Taguchi, and it is definitely the one that I'm looking at here, almost. So, professionalism. Yeah. Okay, so I will be Taguchi. You are the busty lass. I'm ready to do what we haven't done in a little while, the old Never Open Podcast dramatic reading. That's right, in diary form. It is November 10th, 2023. I am the busty lass. <clears throat> Should I? No, no one needs to see that. All right. Taguchi-san, thank you for your time today. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Today, we're going to go to karaoke. We'll be covering Taguchi-san's one-man karaoke session closely and broadcasting it live. I'm going to sing a lot. Go ahead and do your own thing without me. We're starting karaoke at 11.25 on 7th of November. Let's start this one, shall we? And then uh, <laughs> the song What's second. Love by a Japanese artist is, it, is played. What is love? Baby can't hurt me. That's it. Do the head motions. Mm, 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 mm. Everyone knows that one. Today's... All right. I don't know what that means. Today's karaoke machine is damn, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, whenever I put in this song... <laughs> Oh, okay. The video of Ryo Tanamu running for student body president always plays. You wouldn't vote for this guy, would you? Let's do one more song. Moonriders, sweet, bitter candy. You're in fine voice today. I'm not. All right. We're up and running. I'm feeling it today. Next, let's sing two songs in a row that were well-received by Red Shoes when we performed them for him last time. There's a list of the two songs. Does anyone care? It's Sasuke Iso with Royal Knight Spaceship Battle Yamato. Ooh, I like that. Oh, that sounds like Spaceship Yamato. What, yeah, show, what show was that? Definitely Star Trek. There's a Yamato in Star Trek for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking, like, is it Battle of the Planets? Is that the one? Someone's screaming at me right now going, you're in fucking... Know. Yeah. Okay, so this song is called... Uh, the Children's Chorus Galaxy Express 999. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the busty lady. So good. I really like it. Damn. Plays footage from the anime so well. It really adds to the atmosphere in the booth. Now you're getting into it. Let's kick it into higher gear. And I'm assuming he does with whatever song that they're playing by Mia and Yami. It's, it's you, you now. I see. I still like the boom and Kizushi Miyazawa. I love his lyrics and songs. You have a number of songs by the boom in your repertoire, like Shimayuta and Kazini <gasps> Narita. What? The boom's version of this song is nice. I prefer Mia and Yami. For the f next two songs, I'm going to sing a song that I heard wrestler sing before. <laughs> That's a bad translation. It was so good that I put it in my repertoire. 
and uh, it's Amion with Marigold and Yashikita Jin with Tokyo. You can all look these up, dear listeners, and be like, yeah. fuck yeah. Marigold. Yuji singing him in red underwear and nothing else. <laughs> Marigold was sung by Iwa. Rihuai Iwa. That's who he's talking about. And Tokyo was sung by Hanma. He's mentioning wrestlers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Toguchi-san, <laughs> you listen quite closely to other people sing, don't you? Sometimes I'm taken to a snack bar or a bar where there are girls. But even then, I listen carefully to when other people sing. I also listen to the songs of complete strangers, too. There was one song sung by a total stranger in a gay bar in Okinawa that was so good that you put it in your repertoire. I want that story! <laughs> it's Shikasiwa No Blues by Ego Rappin. Rappin. Okay, I'll see a couple Ego Rappin songs back to back. Ego Rappin. Kuchibashi Nicheri. Ego Rappin. Midnight Deja Vu. Shisika No Blues. Uh... Kuchibasi in your cherry is such a lovely song. Only a genius could write these lyrics. I got goosebumps the first time I heard this song. Well, an hour has passed. You've got enough to write about, so it's okay if you finish. No, I still have more songs in my repertoire. I mean, I still want to sing. Okay. <sighs> okay. Let's do the second part next time. That's a great idea. That's all for now. Look forward to the second part next time. The 100 Things of Ryusuke Taguchi. This project will aim to introduce one of my personal possessions one by one. Things that have shaped who Ryusuke Taguchi is and beloved possessions of mine. It will be four years before I finish introducing these 100 things. We'll continue with the second one today. 100 Things of Ryusuke Taguchi. Undertites. Uh, why isn't this one to fucking 100? You can't talk about my wrestling without talking about my undertights. The red undertights are probably the ones that have left the strongest impression on your memory. Yeah, sell them. <laughs> Fucking sell them. License to print money. Put the 69 on it. You fucking, oh my God. Dirty, dirty money. Hell, it could even, on the undies, it could even be like a like the New Japan Lion Mark logo, but with Taguchi's face on it. Yeah. There's oh, so much. Man. Something. You could do something. They were red, shabby underpants, but the gap between them and my Paul Smith's underpants is very funny for me. The mark of a fashionable man is to be obsessed with what you can't see. Oh, is that right? Okay. Well, we've seen all those, Mr. Taguchi, so... uh yeah. yeah. Well, he, he talked about singing karaoke. And then, you know, we got this amazing photo, by the way, of all of his drawers just sitting there. By the way, do you, you remember, remember at the start I was talking about how evil walked in on the fucking nerds and being like, oi, I'm the never champ, aren't I? Aren't I? Mm -hmm. And Chris and the other guy were like, yes, evil said, do, 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 do. like little nerds. You know what they were doing when evil walked in? I probably had the headphones on going, Dear Diary, I'm Yoshihashi and blah, 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 blah. I'm so boring. <laughs> They're probably having a diary writing translation sesh. Yeah, definitely. Fucking, you know, they, you could tell they weren't doing a Goto one because they would have been laughing when he walked in. You know, they would have been like slapping each other on the back and just like having a blast. They may have even been hugging. 
if it was a Godot one, because those are so touching and hilarious. Have we done Evil Diaries? I don't think they exist because he's here. Yeah, what would it be? It would be him just fucking yelling, and you know, he'd say, he'd say, I stole your belt. Works. <laughs> he's like, you're you're not really, you know, the subscriber to this, uh, you know, diary yeah. thing. I am, you know. It, it, it would just be like a string of like plots and schemes that he and Dick Togo <laughs> and the others have come up with. And uh, he's like, I could read these out to you, but uh, I need these. It's like steel ring bell hammer. You know, uh, uh, hit ring bell, you know, equals profit, something like that. I, I would know? take a diary entry about how much he hates that fucking timekeeper, dude. Yeah. Or we could get his diary about being abused by evil and why he continues to take it, you know? Yes. Does he get an evil bonus? <laughs> he does, definitely. So, and if he doesn't, he should. He's Jesus. getting paid a little extra to bump. You know he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, basically an in-ring competitor at this point. He is. Well, he's a big time loser because I've never seen him win a single match. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, oh man, we've done the diary, we've done done the, the show, done the, all the stuff and the things and uh did them all. Yeah, Star Trek's a show that exists. Uh just yeah. to reiterate that. Oh man. So today, I have to tell you this, this is amazing. Today, I, I uh, sometimes have to go into people's homes for my job, right? And sometimes I have to go into their bedroom or in their closet, usually Ooh. with them standing there, right? So oh. and I always ask to open someone's closet. You know, I just have to inspect something in there. And today I was in someone's home and I said, oh, is it okay if you open the closet? I was talking to a woman and her husband was like in the other room. And I opened the closet and there is a picture of like a 10-year-old boy from like 19, you know, 97 with the weird, you know, uh, 90s background. Like it's a fucking picture out of a yearbook. And he is wearing his fucking Star Trek, the next generation captain's uniform with the four pips and the fucking doohickey. And I was like, hey. is that a picture of your husband as a child in one of those uniforms in a Star Trek uniform? And the lady just lost her shit. I was like, because that's what it is. That is him. As a kid, he wore that to school for picture day. <laughs> I I hope that kid didn't get beat up too bad. But oh, also, he... I would be friends with that kid. Yes, he's Absolutely. amazing. I'd be in the Star Trek school group for sure. Because I'm a winner. And Star <laughs> Trek is cool, goddamn. I, I I had one too. You know, when I was a kid, I had I had the four pips, and I had one of the black pips, the empty ones, so I could kind of be whatever I wanted that day. You know, Ooh, it's Admiral Andy. <laughs> no, that's not Pips. That's hello, Admiral Andy. <laughs> Pure fucking it's hubris. Lieutenant right? Ian here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, every every now and again, I got to remind everyone that Ian exists because he's awesome, and I just did. Yeah, and and. Uh, oh, I don't need my phone for that. It's the wrong, long object to pick up because I feel like we're at the end, Mister Guy. And unless there is anything else that you would would like to add, uh, in who would have booked that show? I don't know. Uh, in Gato, we trust.